Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's guest is the 2021 Ladies Carry Optics National Champion and the 2022 Ladies Ipsic National Champion. She won both of them as a teen. I had the opportunity to watch her shoot at this year's Carry Optics National Championship, and let me tell you, she's very, very impressive. So with that, let's bring Morgan Leonhardt onto the show. How you doing, Morgan? Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. If you would, please take just a second and introduce yourself. Awesome. So I'm Morgan. I'm 15 years old. I've been shooting since I was nine. I started with shooting three gun, and this is my second year shooting USPSA. I'm sorry, did you just say your second year shooting USPSA? It is. I started shooting USPSA seven months before nationals last year. So, for the love of God, I am quitting. That's it. <laughs> Quit. Holy cow. What? That, that did not go the direction I was expecting. It's that took a, a little bit crazy. Complete left turn. <laughs> it's been a crazy journey. Uh, and a short one. Holy cow. Yeah. So you said you've listened to the podcast before, so you know these first five questions are going to be the most difficult questions of your life. They are. I okay. <laughs> All right. So with that, favorite movie? I'm going to have to go with Gunpowder Milkshake. It's not a very popular movie, but if you have seen it, you know it is a great movie. Um, it's kind of this, it's this girl who grew up with her mom who had a very secretive job. And she kind of took on her mom's role. And she's like a little assassin cool girl. But she's, it's a, it's a good, exciting movie. Who stars in it? <laughs> good question. Not sure. Um, I've seen it so many times I should know, but I don't. Interesting. There's all kinds of people in there. Paul Giamatti, Angela Bassett. Okay. It's a cool little movie. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. Okay. looks like it's on Netflix too. Boom. I'm in. Perfect. All right. Now I know what my wife and I will watch next. Cause we're always like, what are we going to watch on Netflix? What are we going to watch on this? And it's hard. It's like the series that we normally watch, they're all in between seasons. So mm -hmm. we just look for different things. So I'll have to, uh, we'll have to watch that. Awesome. I like that. Okay. Favorite book. Right. So books, it's hard for me to sit still and read a book, right? So I've yet to find an amazing book that I love, but I read a ton because of like school. Um, we read probably three books a year for like English class. So we just started The Scarlet Letter. Not quite mm -hmm. sure what it's about. We like started it today. So. Okay. That's that. And then we're reading The Great Gatsby later on this year. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good story. Yep, that's good. Okay. So you're just starting the Scarlet Letter. Well, I do know what that's about. I'm not going to tell you because that'd be a spoiler alert. So <laughs> you have to read it and figure it out. <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay. I like it. Okay. So favorite superhero, if you're not into that, favorite historical figure or who, someone you just look up to. 
superhero, of course. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Spider-Man because I feel like Spider-Man has a combination of everything. He can, he can like fly with his webs. He can like shoot people with his spider webs. He can get places faster with his spider webs. He has like super strength with his spider webs. I like Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. And he doesn't have to worry about getting bit by a spider anymore. He's good. Exactly. He's all good. Worst yeah. fear is gone. Yeah, he's immune. I like it. Favorite gun. Now you're a you're you started in three guns, so you've shot rifle, shotgun, and pistol. So yes. which, which gun is your favorite and which caliber? They don't have to be the same. Like you it doesn't have if your favorite gun is your shotgun, it doesn't have to be a 12 gauge yeah. is your favorite caliber. So for three gun, I did actually love my shotgun, which was surprising because when I started shooting three gun, my shotgun was taller than me. I believe so it. I Yes, it was taller than me. So I'm shooting it, and as I would drop down to load, my barrel would drag on the ground. And I oh. have video proof. I have video proof of my gun dragging on the ground as I'm walking backwards loading. So I think uh, that was quite ironic, quite funny. So yes, I love my shotgun, but I also love my Glock 17, specifically with my primary machine slide, because they let me decide yes. design a slide last year which I thought was super cool and it's super special and I love it so much. So I love nine millimeter. Now, is it the one you posted the pictures of for the world shoot? That's not, that's a different gun, but that's okay. amazing too. They did awesome with that Syracuse job. I love it. And I think it's beautiful and amazing and perfect. But it's, it, they, they let me design it right after nationals last year at nationals actually so i guess they i designed it right before and they came and watched me shoot and then they handed me the slide and they're like here here's the slide you made and so i've shot that up until well i still shoot it for my uspsa gun but up until the, oh, four days before ipsic nationals that's the gun i've always shot and then you started shooting the other slide right before ipsic nationals or Yes, so we got our Ipsic guns on Tuesday, and we left for Ipsic Nationals uh, Thursday. Maybe it's Monday and Thursday. We had the guns for a total of four days before National. And I actually, so we got three guns, and I chose the one I wanted, trained with it once, maybe add 200 rounds through it, and then we got to Nationals, and I could not sight my gun in. Like, it was just, it kept, I kept hitting left. So I switched guns that morning and shot with a completely other new gun that had no rounds through it that I've shot. So that was interesting. But it was great. Wow. And, it was, and it worked. So I'm sharing the screen of your Ipsic World Shoot gun. Yes. The American flag on one side, and it looks like it's engraved Ipsic World Shoot on the other. Yes. It's very nice. Awesome. They did such a good job. They kind of had free reign. I told them, make it American, give it a flag, put the logo on there somewhere there, and they created that awesome design, and I love it. Yeah, very nice. I can see why you would love it. There we go. And they're just each a little bit different. Oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. The flag's a little bit different on each one. Yep. Cool. All right. That's very nice. 
All right. So the fifth one is a little bit more catered towards the guest. So my fifth and final icebreaker question is, do you play any sports? So I've, I played softball for my high school the past few years, but then I like hurt my rotator cuff and now my arm does weird things when I go to throw and hit and my shoulder rolls out of its socket and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do to fix this. So I am now like, I'm not going to play softball again just because like shoulder, I wanted to keep my shoulder and not have it break even more. And it was, it's just a lot of time that I didn't have for shooting because it was every single day, both on weekdays and weekends. So I'd have practice for two and a half hours. I wouldn't get home till 7.30. And it was every weekend. So it's like, wow, I have no time to shoot. But shooting's my main thing. Okay, so shooting has uh, supplanted then the softball. It has. Wow. Okay. All right. Now we have a full-time teenage <laughs> chance of being world champion pistol shooter. I like it. <laughs> I mean, you're going to win so many things by the time you're 18, you can retire and be a goat. <laughs> Crazy. All right. So you had mentioned that you started shooting at nine. So how did that happen? How did you start shooting at nine? Right. So my dad shot a little bit, just like every couple of months he would go to a match and he would like dry fire sometimes. And I would join him just a little bit. I had a little 22 rifle. So like I knew um, safety rules. I knew how to work a gun. I knew what to and to not do. I knew the rules of USPSA. And I asked him, I was like, hey, can I come watch you shoot a match this weekend? He's like, sure. So I went and watched. And the match director was like, hey, do you, do you want to come shoot? And I was like, I have a rifle in the car. And he's like, perfect. So I shot a stage. And he saw that I could be safe. And he's like, cool, come back and shoot the, the whole entire match next time. So I did that. And I just kept going. And I fell in love with it. Now, was that a USPSA match or was that a three-gun match? It was a USPSA match. And I, the first few years I shot, I kind of got my own rules. So I would go shoot three-gun with just a PCC, like local matches. And I would go shoot USPSA, like I started with just a 22 or just a PCC. That lasted about a whole, maybe a year and I was shooting PCC, and the RO was like, hey, you can't shoot the steel and the clays because, like, they're too close, uh, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, oh, so I'm going to get all those penalties? He's like, yeah. And I was like, nah. So I walked into <laughs> my dad. I was like, how bad is the shotgun? He's like, what? I was like, punch me in the shoulder. How does the shotgun feel? He's like, it's just, like, a little, little nudge. I was like, no. Punch me in the shoulder. So he gave me a little punch and he did he did it pretty light. It was not how a shotgun felt. <laughs> Said, okay, I'll shoot your shotgun then. He's like, okay. So I switched to full-time three gun when I was 10 years old. 
And that's when I got a Glock put in my hands. And I shot a 9mm pistol. And I got this rifle and that shotgun. And that's the just went uphill from there. Wow. Now, what, what gauge was his shotgun? Do you know? 12 gauge. It was a 12 gauge <laughs> shotgun. It was a Benelli. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So the first time you pulled the trigger, how did you feel when that thing kicked? I felt something and I felt a whole lot of that something. And it caught me <laughs> off guard, but I kept going and I had to load it. So it took forever. So then they're loading two shells at a time. And it was a big stage. It was a big stage. Like I had to load like nine rounds. Like it was not five rounds of shotgun it was a big stage wow okay <laughs> holy cow <laughs> so you're like I i'm not getting all those penalties dad let me have your guns <laughs> that was my breaking point all those penalties <laughs> wow okay so then you did that then for what like the next three years yeah probably three years so did your dad get you your own shotgun your own pistol all of that so you didn't have to borrow his Yes, I shot a Beretta 1301, and then I got my Glock. I started the Glock 34, and the gun was twice the size of my hand. I mean, seriously, I have pictures, and I'm like, I'm about to fall backwards. That thing looks huge. And it just had, um, yeah, and then some thrown-together rifle that he put together. So That yeah. is funny but yeah i mean you're like 10 years old so everything's way big on you oh it's crazy and i could not manage recoil to save my life so i'm gonna hold boom boom wow now did he did he get you a 16 or a 20 gauge shotgun or did you get a 12 gauge 12 gauge shotgun wow okay all right game on i guess <laughs> wow full freedom mode <laughs> Goodness, that's crazy. But uh, good at the same time. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it created a ton of bad habits. Um, I would push in to my pistol so incredibly much, like so, not not like so incredibly hard, so much. It took forever to break those habits to where I would like let the gun recoil because I I was just pushing it down. So it took two years to get out of that habit. Every I guess the shotgun and rifle was fine though. So how did you break yourself of the habit of doing that? Um, he made me do a hundred push-ups every single night, which really sucked. <laughs> but just to try to build I, your strength. Yes, and he while he was shooting, he would make me yeah to build my strength. And while he's training, I would have to stand behind him and keep my eyes open and not blink. So I learned to not blink. I I learned I got some strength so I could actually hold the gun. And he just told me don't push into the gun. And a whole bunch of training after that. A whole bunch of dry. This episode is brought to you by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol. They have grease for parts that need it, like lugs on a bolt gun. Man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shu uses it and loves it. 
Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout. I fire. A lot of just getting used to the gun in your hand. Do you think playing softball helped with grip strength or anything? Maybe not grip strength, but definitely like movement, like footwork mm -hmm. and short movements. Because I played middle infield, so it's a lot of shuffle, shuffle, quick movement, quick reaction. Right. So I think those really correlate and helped each other a lot. Absolutely. And I'm sure the hand-eye coordination yeah. it takes to hit the softball helped as well. Yes. The definitely hand-eye coordination, too. Now, do you ever watch the Women's College World Series? Um, I, I don't. I mean, I like <laughs> do, but I'm not like sitting there yelling at the TV like I'm yelling at a football game. Those, those women can play some softball. Oh, they can. They definitely can. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yes, it is. Now, okay, so for three years you did three gun, and then so probably February, March time frame of 2021, you made the switch to USPSA. Have you shot any three guns since then? Not, I shot Fort Benning uh, okay. like a month or so after Nationals last year. And now it's November. So, oh, I guess there's a couple weeks after. But I have not shot three guns since then. And I didn't really train three gun before then either. I kind of went in like, man, I haven't shot my shotgun or rifle in a really long time. But we're still here and we're still going to do it. And it was good. I actually played really good at that match, which was surprising. I guess you never really lose it then. I, I guess not. So I, I, I used to, yeah, I, it just kind of, it's hard to lose, I guess. I don't know. So once you've been doing something for so long, it just comes back naturally. But I shot opening three gun with a tube fed gun. And I just shot my Glock with a dot. And I just shot dots on my guns because that's all I wanted. So I classified and open with a tube fed gun and a dot on my shotgun and on my pistol. And everybody else, were they shooting a semi-auto shotgun? Yeah, they had like mag-fed shotguns and... Yep. Yeah, I was still out there reloading after my few rounds. Well, at least the barrel wasn't dragging. That was good. <laughs> right? Eventually I got taller than my gun. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're actually pretty tall now, so you grew pretty quick. Yeah. I'm almost taller than my dad. You probably still have a little bit of growing to do, so... Yeah. Not too bad. How tall are you? I'm 5'5". Five five. Okay. Because I'm giving you, right now, we're going to do the national champion questionnaire. Okay. So even though you've already become a national champion, we're still going to give you the questionnaire. So okay. one, because the men have a height requirement to be a national champion. Now, how Christian and Max Leo Grandis found a cheat code, I don't know. But the... <laughs> The requirement is to be at least five foot thirteen to be a men's national champion. So six one. Yes. Um, were you homeschooled? I was not. I was never homeschooled. Okay. Did you grow up on a farm? I did not grow up on a farm. Okay. Well, you have definitely bucked the system, and <laughs> in spite of that. In spite of not being five foot thirteen, not being homeschooled, and not growing up on a farm, you still became a national champion. So you there you don't go. Don't have to live on a farm, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. <laughs>
I I thought I heard on, I believe I remember hearing you were on Steve Anderson's podcast back in January. Yes. And I thought I heard you, did you train with Christian? I know he gave you some tips, but did you actually train with him? Yes, I have trained with Christian and I love training with Christian because Christian, he's, he's one of the younger ones in shooting. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's easier to connect and talk to someone that's younger because it's like, okay, you can see where I'm coming from. You were in this position not very long ago and you've worked up from where I am. So you know what I can do to get out of this. It's not like some old guy, no offense, y'all, that <laughs> doesn't know what to do girl. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. I mean, I had Garen Singleton on, mm -hmm. and and I asked him, I was like, if you had an opportunity to, to work with someone, who would it be? And he said, Christian. I'm like, well, it makes perfect sense. You guys are about the same age. So yeah. it would be, yeah, a great training session between the two of you. So I, I totally get where. Christian would be that person. Now, have you taken any other or trained with anybody else? Um, yes, I have. I've trained with quite a few people actually. Um, done Maxi Agranis, JJ. Um, now, now JJ's I, old, but JJ's cool. <laughs> JJ, you're a cool dude. <laughs> he's he's cool for an old guy. <laughs> I guess I guess you could say so. <laughs> um, who else have I trained with? Um, my very first class was with Kita, and oh she wow, she set my foundation. I I turned it from when I was like ten, I think. So that's that's kind of like where all my original stuff came from, and I've just used everybody else to build off of it because I didn't know what to do before, and my dad didn't know what to do. So okay. we just she helped us, and but we worked up. I trained with like Blake Migas because he lives he lives close to me, so I've gone and trained with him a few times. So I'll go train with him like a couple times every other month or so. He's he's really cool to work with because I don't know I feel like he can help me a lot. He has really aggressive movements. Oh is, really? He does. Yes. If you've ever oh, watched wow. Blake move? He can move. Oh yeah, yeah. He gets it. Mm -hmm. He seems like he'd be a pretty cool guy to, to work with. He is. Yeah, I've, I've stayed at his house, and we've just shot, went home, slept, and then shot again for a weekend. <laughs> that's always fun. You've actually trained with quite a few people, so that's pretty cool. Yes. It's, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, for sure. Now, how, how neat was it? Um, I've had Keita on here, and, and she... I mean, a wealth of knowledge with movement and all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. Um, and now she's getting to, you know, the eye movement thing, um, mm -hmm. a lot of different stuff. But how how neat was that for you to be able to take a class from another female like that? That was really cool because there's not a ton of female shooters. So getting to have, like, just get into shooting – and getting to train with another female that shot and could shoot and knew how to teach me was really cool. Because guys, I don't know, guys don't know how to train a 10-year-old girl. They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't right. know how to teach her. Like, but I feel like Kita really got it. She she was very patient. 
and she could talk with me and she would she could really help me figure out movements and how to start and where to start yeah i mean she has a daughter too so that mm-hmm. helps her to be able to relate to you as well so yeah. yeah that had to be pretty cool it was very cool so now we're up to march of 2021 you're only like you said seven months out from nationals mm-hmm. at that point when you decided to start shooting uspsa i guess in earnest um what was your goal at that point like what were you looking to do um i i really just wanted to learn how to shoot a pistol because well i knew how to shoot a pistol but i wanted i i i found out i had some talent in that and i wanted to push and see where i could get with that and just how how far, how hard, or how far I could push myself. But going into nationals, I, I, I had no expectations. I, I thought I was just going for experience. I was kind of just going to see everybody else shoot. So, really? Yes. You had no expectations at all. I did not have any expectations. Like this was my first time ever shooting nationals. It was one of my few, well, not few, but like close to the beginning big matches i i felt like i didn't have a lot of experience with uspsa i didn't i didn't even class my, classify myself as a uspsa shooter then i was like no nah, i'm a three-gun shooter I'm just messing around in my off season and then after my dad was like yeah i think you gotta call yourself a uspsa shooter and i was like i can't do it he's like you gotta do it like, okay yeah, i'll do it then <laughs> So, how do you classify yourself now? USPSA shooter, past okay. Freegun shooter. Still love three gun though. That's a that's a lot of, of equipment to take to a match to do a three gun. It is so crazy hard to train for. It's it's basically like training four different things because you have pistol, you have shotgun, then you have close rifle and then long range rifle, and the two different rifles are very different well same rifle but like two different shooting techniques are very different and it's um long range rifle it's very much breathing control smooth trigger pulls don't yes. move an inch of your body yes that's that's actually where i got my start was long range rifle yeah so absolutely it was, it's very painful to shoot if if you're not very good at it but once you once you fi- figure out your rifle and your like best technique or like what works best for you, then long range rifle can get fun to shoot. It's it's fun to hit really far stuff, and you're like, wow, I just hit that six hundred yard target! Holy cow! What's the farthest target you've hit? Um, not with my well, with my three gun rifle, my two two three. Um, definitely some target in Texas. I don't know, maybe like 600-ish yards. But at a range, we trained with some guy. I don't even know what rifle it was. This was, I don't know, before I even shot USPSA. Um, he's like, hey, you want to shoot my rifle? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And he's like, cool. You got one bullet. Choose your target. I was like, oh, 800 yards. Yeah, I'm going to shoot that one. And this is, this is not... A huge target at 800 yards it's not like a full-size target it was 
I don't remember how big it was, but it was not very big. And I actually hit it. So 800 yards, technically, with some other rifle. Don't know a rifle. Couldn't even tell you anything about it. <laughs> 600 yards with my 223. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Goodness. Yeah, you're a natural. <laughs> so how did you, from March to October, because that's when last year's Nationals was, was like mid-October. Mm -hmm. What matches did you shoot? What type of training did you do to even prepare for that? Um, That's a long time ago. Um, A lot. It's always a lot of fundamentals. We always and still do start with fundamentals and just trigger prep and working like 20 alphas. We always do 20 alphas, doubles, just to get your trigger finger warmed up and like get, make sure you can shoot straight. And then it's more of like target transitions, really. So that's mainly what we worked on, just a lot of grip and a lot of just smooth trigger pulling and just do everything else at sight's pace. That's how I remember last year's training going. And that was with your Glock 17? Yes. Okay. Now, did you try to get um, major as many major matches in as you could to kind of prepare yourself for that type of a match? Um... I did not actually did not shoot a lot of majors last year that I remember. We did not travel a ton. I probably shot maybe two majors in between that time, maybe three. Okay. So did you like go to your dad and say, hey, I want to shoot USPSA Nationals or did he broach the subject with you? This episode is brought to you by Laser App, L-A-S-R App. They specialize in laser dry fire training, super convenient, and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned, Semper Fi, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras, it can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for a 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. He just told me. He was like, hey, we're shooting nationals. You got to start shooting pistols. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's kind of like, hey, we're having spaghetti for dinner. And you're like, all right, I guess we are. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to nationals in October, so you're going to be a pistol shooter. Okay. How I went. I'll take some Parmesan cheese on top of that, please. 
<laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, so you get to, when did you guys get to nationals last year? Like the same time you did this year, like the day before or. Yeah. The day before to walk stages and especially, yeah, the day before just walk stages and get relaxed, get used to the range a little bit, get your mindset right. And then the rest was just shooting nationals. Well, how did you like the stages last year? Um, I liked them. Um, I didn't was zone C the hard zone. Yeah, yeah, that was the one with the really long straight one where you had to yeah. run with the ammo can and all of that. Yeah, that was that was a rough zone, man. But <laughs> the the rest, they maybe I like the stages. Mix them up a little bit so I don't have to poop my pants all day worrying about everything on one yeah. zone. Um, yeah. Yeah, zone C was rough. My last, I, I'll never forget this. My last stage of nationals last year was a stage with the two, like, a quarter of a target swingers. You know what I'm mm. talking about? The happy yep. zone. I had three yep. mics. Yeah, I had three mics. And I wow. took, like, three, I, I took three passes on each swinger. And I had three mics. All that right. Was, that was a rough stage. And I reloaded to a big stick. And my reload did not see. So I had to do a little weird stand and reload too. Wow. Yeah. And you still won though. Uh, yeah. Everything went downhill on that one stage. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you, how did you like the ammo can stage? That, that, that was actually, that was fine for me. I don't remember anything weird happening. That was a fun stage. I, I actually enjoyed that yeah. one. They also had the stage where it was all one hand. You had to run from one box to another box up mm. in zone C, reload. Move to the, yeah. We trained. We can reload every single training session trying to figure out the way to reload. I can't, I can't, I don't remember how I did it, but I remember we kept switching methods and I'm like, oh man. I don't know how to do a reload with my left hand, but I figured it out and did the reload with my left hand. So, okay. That, yeah. that actually, that stage wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought that was going to go dumpster fire. Yeah, so, it wasn't, wasn't my best one, that's for sure. Eh, it definitely did not go very good for lots of people. <laughs> it now, was, which, which zone did you start on that, that year? I think we started on A. I shot with the ladies okay. super squad. I think we started ABC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you started at the first one and then finished up at the top on zone C <laughs> on the final day. Okay. I started on zone C, so my whole match didn't start yeah. off good. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you start in zone C, you're just like, ah. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't good at all. It's it, That's a... That's a killer on your confidence after that one. It's like, Definitely, why couldn't I, I have started somewhere else? I, uh, it's okay, though. You got through it. Absolutely. And I went back to shoot it again this year. But <laughs> Now, you get to nationals. You walk the stages. You're getting ready to shoot. I also think I remember hearing you say you didn't know anything about the scores at all during nationals yeah. of 2021 
I never check scores when I shoot. I don't know where I'm standing. I don't watch other people shoot. I don't know how their match is going. I don't know how, what their scores are like. I know nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. I don't even have a clue. I could not tell you. What about this year? Same thing. Always. Really? So you didn't I, I, know how close you and Justine were and that, how, like what type of a lead you had going into that very last stage? Mm -mm. Nope. Wow. Then that's when shocking. Over, come What'd you say? Oh, I just said that that's shocking that you did not yeah. know that. That's a, it's impressive that you're able to not know that. It's, it's tempting to look, but I have, withstand my ground into not looking my score not looking at my scores i don't i i okay this year i didn't even look at my scores after i shot a stage i don't it wasn't like on purpose it was just that i wasn't like oh my gosh what was my time what was my hit factor i would check my hits like my alpha and charlie count and be like okay i need i really need to focus on alphas on this next stage because i let too many charlies slide like people would be like, "Oh, what was your time?" I was like, "I have no clue. Let me go find my paper." <laughs> so it's got to make it easier than if you're not focused on your time, then you it's not like you get hung up on that and you're like, "Oh, I need to pick up the pace on the next one." You're just like, "I need to either be more accurate or or I'm good with however I shoot." Yes. Yeah, so I try not to think about that when I shoot. I try to just shoot and remember what I trained. And I try not to push. I try to, like, stay relaxed, stay calm. If I need to fix something, though, like, if if my dad sees that I'm dropping so many points or if I'm just taking too much time, he'll be like, hey. He'll, he won't even tell me. He won't be like, hey, speed it up or, hey. You need more alphas. He'll just come up. He'll help me find a stage plan that he thinks will help me get more alphas or will help me push the pace a little bit. So he kind of manages all of that, which I'm kind of thankful he got DQ'd at Nationals. No hate. But he was <laughs> able to help me a ton. Sorry, Dad. Okay. <laughs> it's. After he gets DQ'd, though, he kind of, he laxes off. So it's more like I come up with my own stage plans, then go talk with him about it instead of combining stage plans. It's like I come up with something, change a little bit, and then go ask him. And he'll he'll tell me if I should, oh, take this target from up here instead of back here or whatever. But he, he does a good job of keeping track stuff for me so i don't have to worry about a whole bunch of stuff okay so a little bit of a a, a coach while you're there yes yes it's very nice be that that was going to be one of my questions is um because you know like jj's dad goes to matches with him mm -hmm. um and one of the guys i know had shot area eight on the same squad as jj and jj and his dad talked a lot so I kind of looked at it as like, okay, he was kind of, I don't want to say he was coaching JJ, but in a way it gives JJ someone to talk to and bounce things off yeah. of. And if his dad sees something, because his dad's been watching him shoot since he was a kid, then mm -hmm. he, can, he can mention that. So 
What are your thoughts as someone who's reached the top at such a young age, but yet, uh, obviously, I mean, you can still get better and better and better. I mean, who knows really how good you're going to be by the yeah. time you're done shooting. What are your thoughts on coaching and coaches at like a nationals or a world shoot event? Right. So I always find it helpful to have my dad with me and I don't talk to my dad the whole time we're shooting. Like it's, we don't, I don't like to talk to people when I shoot. I'm very much in my zone. I'm focused. I'm probably making a little pattern with my steps as I go reshoot. I mean, uh, paste. So we're not like talking the whole time, but it's probably like the first 10 minutes we get on a stage. Like we have our five minute walkthroughs where we kind of talk and then five minutes after that. And then that's, that's kind of it. Like we're not sitting there discussing everything a ton. Um, so what if you're the first shooter? Okay. So I, I do not like when he talks to me before I shoot, because I will be going through my stage. <laughs> plan. He's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you should do blah, blah, blah. And change blah, blah, blah. And do a reload, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, stop. I, I got my plan. I'm not changing it. I'm shooting in 30 seconds quit talking to me he's like but i'm just trying to help you i was like all right help it's not going to help at this point this is just blabber so that's a ton usually we'll discuss that at the end of the stage before if we remember if not he tries to go grab my mags for me which i also that's a no-no now i i was first on a stage one time at a three-gun match and i was like hey i don't have time to run back to the car can you go grab my mags and he grabbed the wrong rifle mag. It was a half full 30 round rifle mag with my close range ammo instead of my long range ammo with eight targets going out to 600 yards on a rock. So of course he grabbed the mag with 12 rounds in it that won't hit these targets. And I'm like, all right, you are the canceled caddy. You just sit there now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been fired. <laughs> he did get fired. Oh goodness, <laughs> that's yep. funny. And I will, I will never let go of that. That's the one thing I will forever hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical! Now, you you won last year's nationals at the age of fourteen. You you were literally points away from winning again this year. Um. How do you deal with that stress? Um, I I just kind of try to block it out, you know. It's of course there's some like pressure going into it because everyone's like, "Oh, I expect you to win." Like I'm expecting high stuff from you. I'm just like, <laughs> "Dang!" Mm. <laughs> like uh, I'm trying not to think about that. Quit putting that in my head. <laughs> so I just, just kind of block that out. Put that out of my mind. I'm not telling myself anything. It's really just go shoot, Morgan. Just go shoot. You've shot that same target 800 million times. Go do it again. Is that Let's how you went into Ipsic Nationals as well? Same thing? Ipsic Nationals was very much, I thought it was going to be an experiment. I've never shot Ipsic before. 
I switched guns that morning. I've never shot that gun. It's crazy new rules. It was a very big language barrier. Not much of English happening. And I was terrified, not gonna lie. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do something so incredibly wrong. They're gonna DQ me. So I was very nervous for that. I was clarifying my make readies. I was like, oh, I can make ready. He's like, I make, make ready. I was like, okay. And I'm telling myself the whole time, don't look at the target. Don't pull your trigger. Don't rack your slide. Because during my mm. make ready, I always draw my gun, rack, rack, trigger, pull, rack, pull, rack, go through my array, load, you know, all of that jazz. And this is check the dot, load, put your gun down, stand straight, look forward, don't blink. <laughs> um, so I was going to experience an Ipsic match because that's the only Ipsic match we have before the world shoot. So I was going and I was like, stay calm, just listen. The shooting's still the same. It's very now, much what what made you guys choose Ipsic Nationals over the Pan American Games? Um, we did not have our guns for Pan American. Okay, so well, it worked it out. Really, really that it, it, we looked out. We got the guns a couple <laughs> days before Nationals, and we're like, okay, we got them. Let's fly them there now. And you didn't have to shoot in that swamp. Yes. Oh my gosh. The poor, poor, poor Pan American people. I'm so sorry for y'all. Yeah. And the weather was nice for us. It dried up really nicely. It was sunny, felt good, wasn't too hot. Yeah, I was looking at your videos. I mean, the, the ground looked absolutely perfect for shooting. It was. It it like it didn't really it was sloppy in some parts, but not not like they had ankle deep stuff. It was just like oh, yeah. a little bit squishy right here. <laughs> but yeah, it was you, pretty dry. You know who Matt Hopkins is? Yes, I do know who Matt Hopkins is. So I I don't remember if I messaged him or just commented on I think I just commented on one of his pictures from the Pan American games. And I was like, I'm surprised Mother Nature didn't steal one of your shoes running through that goop. And he's like, she tried twice. So um, twice he almost lost his shoe almost, in that wow. muck. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That that's is crazy. crazy. That's that's that that definitely adds such a different aspect to the match. Trying to not fall down and get stuck while you're shooting. That and adds not getting, you know, if you drop one of your mags in that mess, <laughs> you got to go back oh, and find it. <laughs> no picking up the mag after that mag is going in the trash pile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I live in Louisiana, so we get some we get some bad weather. I have shot in some really weird weather. I've not lost my shoe, but I have been covered in mud or covered in wetness. Yeah, rain. So I, you're I, used to humidity and all of that then? Oh, yes. It's so humid here. It's like soup outside. It's like walking into a steamer and you're like, ugh, this is gross out here. So once, so once it hits anything like 75 degrees or lower, you're like, oh, yeah, it's getting a winter out here. It's getting cool. I'm going to need a jacket. <laughs> okay. Now, so CMP and Frostproof, you must be like, man, I'm, I'm good with this weather. Yeah, it was great. You know, 
Really? Yeah. I'm a little neck fan. Little neck fan just adds some luxury to the shooting. Like I feel like I'm VIP, 75 degrees, and I got a fan on. This is great. What's it like shooting on the women's super squad? Oh, it's so much fun. I love it. It's like there's still that competition there. It's like a little bit of serious competition, and then there's friendly competition, and then there's messing around, and then there's amazing reset. And the squad's always flowing because they know how to run stuff. And it's it's just really chill. They're really lax. They're very helpful to everybody. Very, it's not like I'm out to get you. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I was, I made sure this year to shoot opposite of the super squads. So I would be free to be able to watch. And the guys will joke around with each other at times, but when I could stand in between the stages and watch the men and the women super squad, it's like a party over here on the women's side. And it's like, okay, they're waiting for someone on the other side to get DQ'd just so they could cut the numbers oh, down. You know I mean? oh, it's like, I, it, it's, it's intense on one side and party on the other. I imagine the tension they feel over there. Like, I don't know what I would do if I shot with them. I'd be standing there. But like, oh, no, you're trying to get me DQ'd and you're trying to make me have mics and I don't know what to do. But the ones who are so hopeful, they're like, oh, you got this. Don't freak out. Just breathe. Like, after we're bringing up my dad's DQ again. Um, After my dad got DQ'd, I had to shoot right after him because, you know, Leonhart, Leonhart. So he's... Just got DQ'd. I just watched this happen. I'm like, oh my gosh. I hate watching my dad shoot. Because I'm like, he's gonna. I don't know what's going to happen. If he does something wrong, I'm going to go do it. I don't know who I don't know who gets more nervous. I don't know if he gets more nervous when he watches me shoot or if I get more nervous when I'm watching him shoot. But so after he got DQ'd, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go shoot now. And they're also helpful. They're like, just breathe. Like Ashley came up to me. She's like, just breathe. It's fine. Shake it off. And Justine was like, you're fine. Just breathe. Don't let that bother you. And all the women are like, it's that's that you think y'all can talk about that later. But right now, just focus on you. Like go take some breaths, go drink some water, just program this stage and you're going to be fine. So they're all super helpful with that. And that made it much easier to deal with. Wow. Now did your dad's DQ affect you or do you think you shot your regular stage or do you think you were a little conservative? Um, I, I think I shot my, I kind of shot me. I mean, it, it did affect me a little bit because it's, it's like you don't DQ at a national because of that. Like what just happened? That was so weird. So I was nervous the rest of the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like at make readies or walkthroughs, I was so nervous the rest of the time. And I still get nervous over it. I'm just like, I keep my hands right here, like on my chest or on my side or on my hips. And I'm like, this makes me nervous now. Like I didn't know that could happen. I didn't know my body would do that. So oh, wow. it, it, it affected me some, actually, more than I thought. If like... If it was like a 180 thing or something, I die. I definitely would have been shooting way more conservative because I've always been like the 180 is always like right there in my mind. 
like when we're walking stages, I'm like, I want to stay under 160. Like, I don't even want to be close to 180. This makes me nervous. It's like sometimes you don't even have a choice. It's like the only place you can shoot that target. And I still get nervous over it. Yeah, yeah I totally get it. Um, yeah, I've been DQ'd twice for that. So I totally get yeah. it. Yep. Now I, I, I will run a stage plan to make sure that I'm not anywhere near that 180. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I always ask now, like, now, if you don't mind me asking, um, what did cause your dad to get DQ'd? Yes. So, um, it was day two. So, um, I don't, what's, I don't. I don't remember what zone it was. We didn't go one, two, three. We went out of order. I think we started on three. We started on three. You did. So, so it would have been zone, zone A if it was day two. Zone A. Okay. Yeah. So it was, he's the first shooter. It was in the morning. And it was one of those, uh, the two stages on a bay. And yep. he was starting and it was a stomp box stage where you had three targets in a row. And yeah. when you stomped on the stomp box, you had the no shoot that dropped down from the middle target. And yep. he had been programming all the night before and that morning that it's draw stomp, not like stomp draw. He's like, okay, draw stomp, draw stomp, draw stomp. So he gets up and no one's downrange because it's a stomp box. So everyone's behind him and they're like, okay, Kevin, demonstrate the activator, the stomp box. So he goes, okay, and he goes, and he draws his gun and stomps. And oh, does, no. He does his little walkthrough, and he did not realize what he did. And uh, the rest of the squad were all sitting behind him, and he, like, he unloads, shows clear holsters. He turns around. He goes, that timing's really good. Y'all think that'll work? And everyone's standing with their mouths open. We're like, uh, uh, No. He's like, what do you mean? That timing was great. And someone, I don't remember who it was. I think it was maybe Jaleesh. She was like, Kevin. He's like, what? And we're like, you drew your gun. He goes, oh, no. And the RO comes up behind him and grabs him on the shoulder. I was like, we need to have a chat. My dad was like, yeah, we do need to have a chat, huh? Oh, <laughs> so, no. Ugh. That's what that went down. Now, How did you... Did you have any, you didn't have any mics or anything on that state? What, what was your plan? Did you, did you, so when you actually shot that stage, did you draw and stomp or did you stomp, draw and go left to right? Did you hit the middle one first or how did you shoot that stage? Draw, stomp, left to right. And it, is, it okay. worked out perfect. I had all alphas. I had a, I had a three, uh, nine o'clock tight charlie mm -hmm. and then two right beside each other in the a because as i transitioned across as soon as i saw that dot go i was like bang 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 <laughs> so yep. my first one was a tad early mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i always that find that fun those, stage yeah i love like the little speech things but i always find for those i'm like I'm about to drop so many points because these are so close and I'm trying to go so fast. Right. So I, for those stages, I always tell myself, I'm like alphas, 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 because that's where I will drop all of my points. 
does does saying that keep you in check? Yes, I find I find it actually helps like going alphas alphas, and like when I'm um programming my stage plan, I program so much for these little stages because they're like ones that people forget about because oh it's three targets it's like okay there's still a lot of detail to pay attention to like i want to i want to see my spot on the target like i want to see my a zone for every single target and i want to see those transitions that i'm going to do and i want to see where i'm stepping on this box and which foot and how am i going to stand after just a lot of little details that i still like to pay attention to now I, since you talked about your make ready, mm-hmm. what does your make ready look like? When the RO says make ready, what's your process? Um, I always, you know, draw my gun. I always rack the side, make sure it's clear just in case freak accident happens. I don't know something happening last stage. I don't know. Just the thing I always do. And take a couple dry fire for your presses and then I kind of run through my stage plan with my eyes closed in my head. And then I load and make ready and take a little deep breath and just remember everything, like my stage plan I'm about to do. How long does it normally take you to run through your make ready? Eh, a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, long enough to where the people behind me are having a conversation and they don't hear gunshots for a while. So the conversation stops and it gets real quiet. That's how long it takes. Um, okay. Like two-ish minutes, maybe. Okay, so you're so, taking the full amount of time, basically. I'm taking all the time I can take. Until the arm is like, all right, come on. Like, you got to actually shoot at some point. I'm taking my time. Like, these are my minutes. And I will take all my minutes. <laughs> now, how did you like this year's stages at Nationals compared to 2021 i like i liked this year's i found that they had like a lot of balance there wasn't one section or zone that was particularly harder than the others i I thought it was all super balanced there was a good amount of far targets and hard shots and some like closer faster targets but i thought it was really good balance and it was like equal playing fields if you're better at close stuff or better at far stuff I thought they had some really good stages. They had a lot of running. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought exactly what you said. I thought the stages were good. They were there was a good mix of targets. Yeah, you know, you had some strong hand, you had some weak hand, you had a couple table starts. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, they did have some cool starting positions. That was one thing about Ipsic Nationals. All the starting positions and the props and everything that reminded me of three guns so much and i was like oh it's little three gun stuff it's like starting with like a skateboard or what else we do oh your hands in the bottom of a tub um the wall a fishing pole zip line yeah the zip line thing i'm i really wish that i got to shoot that holding on to the zip line but they changed it from pan am to nationals where you just started holding it and shot everything oh, up. Oh, okay. But I thought that would have been super cool to shoot it. Strong hand only. At Ipsic Nationals, I saw, I had June Kim on, mm-hmm. and he had posted a video of an actual 
what I would call a, a moving target. So it it was on like a rail and moved. Yeah. The, did they the, have that? Yes, we did have the gliding targets. And that was actually really hard to find the timing because the amount of time from the activator to the release of the targets was so incredibly long. I, I came in on the activator and had time to shoot another steel and three or four paper targets, take a step, and I was still waiting on it. Wow. Okay. It, it had quite a few second delay. How did you, so did you know where you, I don't know what the distance was to it. So mm -hmm. were you able to just track it and aim center or did you have to aim like on leading edge of center? Or how did you engage it? Yeah. So it had some distance on it. Um, I, it was like, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but like 15, 20 ish yards, I think. So I was okay. leading edge of the target and I don't, I remember my hits, but I was leading like Delta zone and then leading real close to the no shoot on the following target. This is okay. two targets with a no shoot in between. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so you did have to actually lead the yes. target in order to get your hits. Okay. You did have to Very lead it. It was, it was moving pretty fast. It was there and then it wasn't. There wasn't time to like prep for each shot because there's like two walls. So you had a however many foot wide gap to shoot it in before it disappeared and you had to squat down. Hmm. Okay. I, I When I saw it, I was jealous. I was like, that's what I want to see at nationals. I want to see a target like that at nationals. I know that is such a cool target. And it's such so rare that you see it. I've, I've shot it once before, and that was it. So I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is cool. The only Nationals you have shot is at CMP. Correct. Yep. For USPSA, right? Okay. Yeah. But you shot Ipsic Nationals at Frostproof. Now, which range do you prefer? Oh, um, I like CMP better. Because if you've ever shot at the Frostproof range, and you've shot in the morning facing the sun... You know you cannot see those targets at all. Like the targets disappear, you're guessing where you're shooting and you're hoping and praying that you hit something. And so we had two morning starts facing the sun. And of course, my first target into the sun is a steel. And I can't see the steel. I can see the base of the steel. So I was like, I'll just hold a couple inches high of the base and hope I hit the steel. And I hit it. And it caught me by surprise. So I went, think, came down on it. I was like, oh, I hit it. And just continued on with my shooting. <laughs> so the sun really gets to you. The sun does blind you. Yeah, it definitely will blind you there. And the CMP range is amazing. Like, it's crazy. It's so beautiful. And it's so big. And I wish that it was my local range. Because I don't think I would leave. <laughs> what, what do you... How many stages were at Ipsic Nationals? Um, 15, I believe. Okay, so a, f a few less than Nationals then. Yes. It was a, they okay. took out a couple stages from Pan Am, and I think it was a couple less than Nationals. I believe it was 15. 
Okay. Because I've shot nationals at Frostproof, and it was uh, 21, <laughs> 22 stages, 24. I forget what it was, but it was yeah quite a few. But I, I do like the layout at Frostproof yes. because, like, for example, when I watched the ladies super squad and the men super squad this year um when you guys started off the day it was great you were side by side mm -hmm. but the last stage of day three when it was like oh my gosh there's literally a couple of points separating i think five or something like that you and justine mm -hmm. and then at the opposite complete opposite end of that same zone you have the men's super squad and you're like all right nils has um max by like 40 and jj by 50 so as long as he doesn't have anything catastrophic happen he's winning but yeah. i can't stand there and watch both i'm like they're like 75 yards apart i'm like ah yes that's the frostproof <laughs> range everything is right next to each other it's like, yeah. Bay, 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 bay. So that's really cool because you barely walk anywhere. Unless, of course, you're going from the front all the way to the end, which I don't think right. very much. Depends on how they lay out the range. Right. But it was it's a nicer layout for, you know, if you want to be a spectator <laughs> to watch, it's yeah. it's better. So it's nice. Yes. And again, there is less movement, less whatever, but I I agree with you though. CMP is one of the I've I've shot at different ranges and I've traveled around shooting at like different rifle ranges and stuff like that. And that is definitely one of the nicest range systems I've ever seen. It is beautiful. It is. Did you did you take advantage of the sight in range? Yes, I did. Of course I did. Of course I did. Okay. Um, Not everybody did. Yeah, if you don't, you definitely should. It's a great, great place. Excited, yeah. practice. You nervous? Go get some rounds off. You know, I always find it Absolutely. super helpful. I always go to the side and bay. Always. I know a couple of people I've talked to did not, but I mean that's their their choice. But yeah, I definitely did. I always, I just find it relaxing before I shoot. Because it's just a reminder to myself how I need to grip the gun and what it feels like. And I, if I'm on a range, I I just feel more comfortable once I've had my gun in my hands. Because I remember what I'm doing. And I remember what I trained. And I remember what I have to do. Now, when you shot, you shot morning of day two. What do you do to warm up since... The range goes hot at nine o'clock, so you're going to start shooting at nine, mm -hmm. but the side in range doesn't start till nine. So, what do you do yeah. to warm up for that first that first stage? Um, you know, like the grip crushers, mm -hmm. like the cap of crunch ones, crap of crush, whatever it's called. Um, mm -hmm. we have those, and we keep one of those with us, and I always just squeeze that a couple times to wake up my hands. I like squeeze my hands and fists on the way to the range to wake up all my fingers, get blood flowing to them. So that's that's really all I do for that. And then I just go to the um safe table, safe area, and do some draws okay. and do some trigger press trigger presses and do some transitions with like leaves. 
or holes in the wood or something. Okay. That's what I was wondering if, if you yeah. took advantage of that safe table and to get in there and do some warm up. Yes. So I want to go back again to Steve Anderson's podcast because he didn't, it was when you were, you were answering a question about something and you said that in 2021, I think it was when you were talking about, you didn't look at the scores and at night you would go to the hotel and just practice everything you were going to shoot the next day. Yes. So I, I don't really review my videos from that day at the hotel. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'm like, okay, this day already happened. There's nothing I can do to fix it. I know in my mind what I did wrong or what I could improve on. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch this because if I watch my videos, I'm like, holy cow, that was really slow. I'm going to try and be pushing the next day. So I just don't even watch my videos, but I'll go through my stages for um, the following day for what I'm going to shoot next. And if there's like a little scenario or a target or something that I think I want to practice, I will set something up like that, whether it's like running around the bed or strong hand or weak hands, lots of paces on the wall around the hotel. That is very common. So we, so, we do just kind of like dry fire like that in the hotel. Okay. So, so you don't take any tart, like the small little miniaturized targets. You just take pasters and put those up. Yep. Okay. Now, how much time would you say you spend each night doing that in between the days? Until I'm not nervous. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I like, I pick up my gun and I'll just start freaking out or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I like start dry frying. I'm like, wait, I got this. I'm worried for no reason. So it's, and then I tell it's usually like 30 minutes-ish that I kind of just mess around on and off. It's never like I'm putting so much pressure on myself. You have to dry fire. Like that creaming is not going to help. What I did before I came is what's going to help. This is just a reminder. It's just, it's just like a reminder to what I feel when I prep my trigger or when I'm slapping my trigger or my movements. That's really just what that is. Did you partake in the bill drill side match? I did not because I don't know if this is going to sound weird or not. I did not want to set, put it in my mind to drill six shots before I go shoot this long, far shot stage. Yes, at area five. Ooh, ooh, I got PTSD from that match. Um, I started that match with the, um, <laughs> oh my God. Um, the seven and a half second part-time stage. And the rest of that match is far and slow. And I shot the fast stuff first. So I was pushing and then I carried that pace over to every single stage and the rest of that match. And it was just awful and terrible. And I never wanted to ever shoot fast in the middle of a match again. <laughs> so I stayed away from the build drill. So I would not do that in the rest of my stages. Did, were you, um, that means on day two, you guys were shooting zone A. 
Yes. You started, I believe, on stage two. So that means you would have to go. Mm -hmm. You shot all of the stages and then would have to go back to stage one last. But that means you had that uh, Beretta all the way down. I think it was stage. I think that was stage or zone A had six stages, one through six. And then there was the Beretta side match. And the weird thing about it was when you got to stage six, the Beretta side match was like another stage. So you had to kind of wait. Did you yeah. get affected by that at all? Like I didn't have to deal with that because I shot stage yeah. one to stage six and then I was done. Mm -hmm. Um, What did I do that during the, um, I took my belt off, sat down, I breathed a little bit. I didn't shoot the Beretta side match once again. Different grip, different this, different that. Right. I was not about to change stuff. I'm very superstitious. So mm. I started, I don't know. I kind of just sat there and then went. And our last stage was the strong hand weekend stage, the two string. So right. Yep. I went to the test fire bay and did some strong hand and weekend shooting. And then went and shot that stage. Kind of just. Oh. Great. So you went up the hill to the side end range? Mm-hmm. Oh, very interesting. Okay. I think quite a few people on our squad did that. So you said you're very superstitious. Is there anything, like, do you have to wear the same pair of socks every day? Or do you have anything, any other weird superstition type things? Oh, my gosh. I have a long list. <laughs> It's crazy. It's probably so bad. They probably mean nothing, but they mean something to me. Right. Um, so I do have my pair of shooting shorts. Well, I have I have several pairs of shooting shorts. Let me put that out there. I do have several pairs of shorts. <laughs> Depending on how I shoot that day depends what pair of shorts I wear next. Same thing with the jerseys. Several jerseys. Depends on how I shoot. Um, The hair, if you've noticed, always goes in a low bun. So yeah, hair's always okay. in the It's always the same hair tie. Um, <laughs> but now what happens if you lose that hair tie? Then what happens? I've never lost the hair tie, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> what else. Oh, I keep all of my, like the little receipts things they give you after each stage you shoot. Yeah. Every single one I've ever received is in my shooting bag. Yeah. Still? Still, yes. There is. Wow. There is a pocket dedicated to them. The yeah, that, that pocket's going to get heavy. Yeah. Oh, it's full. It's like I'm trying to stuff stuff in there. I'm like, oh, my phone doesn't fit in here anymore. Um, The amount of chalk I put on depends on how I shot in the last stage. Wait, wait, wait. You have to explain that. What do you mean? Um, If I shoot good, less chalk. If I shoot bad, clean off the old chalk, put on new chalk. Um, okay. It's It's weird. It is wild. I don't know where any of these came from, but they are all there. My holster. They seem to work. Oh, I always line up my holster with the seam on the side of my shorts. I don't know if that's a placement thing, but it feels wrong if it's not lined up. I've got some weird superstitious things, man. That, that almost sounds like something someone who served in the military would do. It's got to be lined up with the seam. <laughs> the seam has to be straight. Yeah, it's really yeah. wild. It's a thing. I don't know. And there's things that I always do. So many people comment on this 
but going from like stage to stage and walkthroughs I always take out one of my ear pro and like put it in my mouth like not the whole thing like the little stick that sticks out just that part goes in my mouth and everyone thinks it's my tongue sticking out of my mouth I don't know why <laughs> they're like put your tongue back in your mouth I'm like it's my it's my earplug um <laughs> sorry you just tell them hey it worked for Michael Jordan it'll work for me yeah see perfect yeah he'd fly through the air with his tongue hanging out <laughs> And then dunk on everybody. So, hey, you can do it. Oh, another thing people always point out is my guide rod sticks out of the front of my gun because it's a Glock 34 guide rod and a Glock 17. So it's longer, but I keep it because I like it because people always ask questions about it. So if you see a guide rod, always after time, after I shoot a stage, the R was like, hey, something's sticking out of the end of your gun. And we created this big joke. <laughs> Um, created by, oh, who created this? Um, Gianni. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Gianni. Like, Giordani. Gianni and Eric Stein. Oh, Gianni, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, every time someone's like, your guide rod's sticking out, I, I say, what's a guide rod? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean a guide rod sticking out? What is that? And everyone's like, um, never mind. And I'm like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny messing with people now it's great <laughs> so let's let's talk world shoot are you yeah. nervous i'm 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 excited to shoot i'm nervous for thailand like i'm nervous to go to another country i'm excited to see the stages i'm excited to shoot with a whole bunch of like a new group of people um i am slightly nervous just because it's like it's totally new and it's totally different and it's totally like nothing I've ever done before. But it's gonna be exciting. I'm so excited for it. And I think have you have you have you been outside of the country before? I have not. I am so this Ooh. is gonna be my time. How long is your flight? Your total flight time? Thirty hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a rough one. Wow. It, it's, yeah it's split into two though it's like 15 and 15 and then there's like you know the three hour delay in between so it's gonna be a long day and the time change is crazy i don't know if you looked at jet lag or anything but we leave mm -hmm. on sunday and get there on tuesday which is wild but then on the way on the flight home we leave on friday go to saturday come back to friday and then land home on friday Yep. I was, uh, I was in the military and I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Yeah. And I came back to the States for leave one time. And the international date zone is what you cross every time you go back and forth from there. So mm -hmm. yeah, it is definitely strange. It's very puzzling. My mind yeah. can't comprehend what is happening. Yeah, and you won't until you get there, and then you're going to be confused and like, okay, what day is it? What time is it? What's going on? Yes, yes, because it's yeah, a twelve hour difference. It's like, wow, is it six p.m. or six a.m.? I feel awake. What's happening? Is it two a.m. or two p.m.? Am I supposed to be eating lunch or sleeping? Well, and then so that would make me wonder how much time are you going to have from the time you get there till the time the match begins to kind of acclimate to that. 
So I don't, I'm not sure what day the match, does the day, does the match start on a Monday? Or... I'll tell you in just a second. Because I know we're going some days early, but I don't know how many. We can guess the made on Monday. I feel like it might be Monday. Maybe a Tuesday. I don't know. Opening ceremonies the 26th. Good thing is I have a calendar up. All right. Okay. So that is a Saturday, and the match starts okay. on Sunday. Okay. So we're getting there on the 22nd. So we have. Oh, so you're, you're going to have like five days. Yeah. It's five days. Okay. I'll be able to do something because that was the whole, we're going that early and then we're staying a week after. The week early isn't to like see Thailand. That's to like get used to Thailand. Like the time Correct. difference. Yes. And everything. So we're going then. Then we have the match week and my mom and my brother are coming with me and my dad. So we're staying a week after to go like, if, like go see Thailand. To be and a tourist. Yes, go be tourists. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm never coming back to Thailand ever. <laughs> Why uh, not stay these extra few days? You're you're young. Who knows if that world shoot doesn't go back there someday? So Who knows? you've got time. <laughs> well, next time I go to Thailand, I'll only have to stay for four days or five days or whatever it is, a week. Right, you're like I've already seen it. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I've already, I've already drank the cobra blood. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your um? Oh wait, hold on. I need to go back for just a second. Now, you also teach shooting, correct? I have taught some stuff. So my dad okay. is a, my dad is a firearms instructor. He so. I will go with him some like sometimes and I'll help with the ladies because you know the guys they're big cops they don't want to listen to a little girl so but the ladies will. <laughs> so the ladies are really nice and I can help them and I've also taught a girl in a gun class like a chapter oh okay at um Brandon Ilias's range so I went into that and that was really cool. And those ladies were awesome and they were so open to learn and I kept them for way too long, but they didn't care. And I taught them uh, USPSA because that's a lot of like self-defense and they wanted to get into some USPSA. So we kind of went over like the basics, like the rules, what it's like, what to expect, uh, fundamentals. And then I set up a cool little stage for them um kind of incorporating all the little things we worked on that day so kind of talked about um different sight pictures um like uh flashing floating and focus so we did that and then we did right to left movement and like rolling your gun to where your optic is pointing where you're moving so it had that in and then tra uh tra trajectory towards i had like some targets at an angle over a barrel because they were um, talking about that before I came. So we did that and they did really good. They did amazing. Um, they figured out that they could quickly shoot alphas and that there was no need to go slow and that they can do everything faster. And they learned how to grip their gun harder and in a more efficient way. 
So I think I think it was very useful to them. And it was a really cool experience for me. And the reason I ask that is because my next question is like, what are your shooting goals? And like, are you looking to make a career out of this? So I definitely want to do something with shooting. What like in the like future, like after college, like whether it's like in manufacturing or in like uh, like a gun business, um, I want to like shoot like I'm doing as like as a job or stay like in this through college. And I want to keep shooting after college, but I think I want to do something in the shooting industry after that too for however longer. And I would love to teach more classes. I definitely want to do that because I love helping people learn how to be better at shooting. And I like to see them push themselves and see how much they can improve too. But based off of what I can teach them, like I like seeing what my information gives to other people. So what do you plan on studying in college? I know you still have a few years, but yeah. do you have any um, idea? I, I don't really have an idea. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I don't know. I'll figure it out next year, I guess. Maybe senior yeah, you, year. Yeah, I got you got time. years to figure this out. I got time. <laughs> you do. You do. You definitely have time. There's no rush. Well, Morgan, thank you for coming on. Um, I wish you all the best at the world shoot. I hope you bring back some type of medal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Mm -hmm.